So what we're going to do for our teaching time today is we've been in a series called Benefits Package. We're actually going to take a, a one-week break for that. Um, we're going to have uh, one of our, our friends and partners in ministry share this morning. Um, I'm excited to have Tony with us. And so we're taking a one-week break from our series Benefits Package. Uh, if you've been journeying along with that, we'll be back in that next week. Um, so stay tuned. Be, keep coming, reading through the book of Hebrews with us. And so this morning, what I want to read for you is the passage, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 18. Um, I'll give you a, a few seconds to maybe flip there on your phone. Um, if you don't uh, have a Bible on your phone or physically, know that we have all kinds of Bibles that we would love to gift that to you so that you can have a physical Bible to read and interact with. Um, the words will also be on the screen behind me. And so just listen to the word of the Lord this morning. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to give recognition to those who labor among you and lead you in the Lord and admonish you, and regard them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves, and we exhort you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursues what is good for one another and for all. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't stifle the spirit. Don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. Let me pray for us, for that is the word of the Lord. God, you are good, and this morning, as we gather, as we listen, as we contemplate, may we not take these moments for granted, the opportunity to reset, to recenter, to encourage one another. God, would you help your name and your way be known for generations to come. It's because of Jesus that we get to pray these things, so it's in his name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Cal. Well, it is good to be back with you guys again. Uh, uh, some of you may not remember I was here. I'm kind of like a stray dog. You show me a little attention, I just keep hanging out. That's kind of how it is. So uh, it's good to be back with you uh, today. How many of you, like me, love this time of year, the fall, right? I love everything there is about the fall, except for what's coming after the fall, yeah. right? Yeah. I love the, the changing of the leaves. I love the crisp weather. I love wearing hoodies. I love that we're in football season. It's full swing, yeah. right? Now, we're kind of in the middle here. Uh, U of O people? UW people? Oregon State? Washington State? Okay, we've got a little mix of everything going on here. All right, that's good. That's good to know. Basketball is off to a good start. And uh, my uh, Denver Nuggets, who are the reigning world champions in the NBA, are off to an excellent start. And uh, let me just say to you Blazer fans, I'm really sorry about Dame Lillard. I don't know what happened there, and maybe it's too soon to talk about it. But all that, all I'm trying to say is I love the fall. I love the fall. My favorite holiday is in the fall. 
somewhere between Halloween and Christmas is my favorite holiday, even though, even though the stores go from orange and black to green and red like instantaneously, right? Right there at the end of November is my absolute favorite holiday in Thanksgiving. And there's a lot of reasons for that. It's the uncommercialized holiday for the most part. I mean, Black Friday kind of creeped in there a little bit, but for the most part, Thanksgiving's just this day that we eat together, that family kind of gets together, and then we remember things that we're thankful for. And I love that. And as followers of Jesus, we have a lot to be thankful for. Last time I was with you, I shared with you about a new church that was launching in Portland, Counterculture Church, and they've had a great fall. They launched in September, and they've had a great fall. They just last weekend celebrated their first baptism, which was amazing. It was really a great Sunday. They got to, to, to celebrate that first baptism. We're thankful for that. We also have a new church launching in Eugene uh, in, in January, the end of January. They've decided to call themselves Generations Church as well, which is pretty cool. It's a little confusing for me because now I have to differentiate which Generations Church I'm talking about, right? But it's pretty cool. They started a campus ministry this fall at the University of Oregon, and they have connected with dozens of college students and are doing some great work on the campus of the University of Oregon. And so we're thankful for the new churches getting started all throughout this region and those that are maybe even just being thought of right now for the future. God is good. But this morning, as we are heading into this holiday of Thanksgiving, if you can believe it, a week from Thursday, a week from Thursday, I just want to share with you a few thoughts that I've had in my mind around this topic of gratitude, all right? A few months ago, I started reading through a Hebrew prayer called the Amidah. The 18s, sometimes it's referred to as the 18 benedictions. Benedictions. The root of benedictions, the root word bene, means good. Okay? Diction means words. So literally, it's benediction means good words. Another way the Hebrews referred to the Amidah is the 18 blessings. Blessings are really just good words, Right? Before the time of Jesus, God's people, in an attempt to, to, to humble themselves, they began to pray throughout their day these 18 blessings, these things they were grateful for, things that they wanted to remain grateful for. So they'd say blessed or, or, or the, these you know, blessings that they had. Blessed are you, Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Thank you, God. We're grateful for you creating what you've created. Blessed are you, Lord, you have given us shelter. Thank you for giving me a place to live. Blessed are you, Lord, you provided us food for us to eat. Thank you for giving us resources. And so on. They prayed continually throughout their day the 18 blessings or benefits, benefits, because they come from our benefactor, God. We are his beneficiaries and of, of his goodness. And I can get a little nerdy when it comes to root words, so I had to use all of the ones that I knew, okay? God's people wanted to make sure that they never forgot to be grateful. It's the same reason King David prayed the following prayer in Psalm 103. David prayed, Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. 
Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things. And the more I started to pay attention to this idea of gratitude recently the more I've started to realize that I really don't deserve to receive anything good Amen. from God. Amen. Come on. But I have, and so have you. The problem with me, and I think most of us in our culture, is that when we forget to be grateful, we begin to believe that we do deserve everything that we have. Right. We forget where those good things come from. And what happens is the more I think I deserve the less I will be grateful for. The more I think I deserve, the less I will be grateful for. Is that true for you? I think one of the greatest temptations for our culture here in America, and really any wealthy culture, is a sense of entitlement when it comes to the good things in life. Like, like we, we deserve these things. And we forget that we could have been born in very different countries and cultures. We could have been born in different levels of resources and income, but somehow we ended up where we are. And sometimes we can become very entitled, about, uh, entitled to all the good things we have in this life. And our entitlement has really led to, in my opinion, a lot of ingratitude in our culture. I uh, read a story when I lived in Pennsylvania. I moved here to the Pacific Northwest from Pennsylvania a little, just about a year ago. And uh, it, this was a, about a woman, a psychic, who w lived in Philadelphia in the 1970s, who sued Temple University Hospital, okay? Apparently, Judith Hames, this is a true story, uh, this psychic had a CAT scan to help determine the cause of some reoccurring, reoccurring tumors that she had. And through this CAT scan, the doctors were able to diagnose her situation. So some good things going on here. However, Ms. Haynes also believed that she had an allergic reaction to the dye used in the CAT scan that caused her to lose her psychic abilities. Okay? I know, it's what I said. <laughs> and it hurt her business, she said, right? She said, I can't see the future anymore. And somehow a jury of very able-bodied Americans <laughs> awarded her $980,000. This is a true story. $980,000 in the 1970s. It's a lot of money, right? True story. And again, like you, my first thought was, if she was a psychic, how did she not know that a CAT scan <laughs> would do that, right? That's my first thought, right? She should have been grateful that the hospital was able to figure out why the tumors were happening, but instead she decided to sue them for losing psychic abilities. And I think there's some entitlement involved in that somewhere. Again, what happens, the more I think I deserve, the less I will be grateful for. Is that true for you? It can be true for me. It was also really true for these 10 guys that Jesus encountered on the border of Samaria. Now, Samaria is interestingly present-day Palestine, okay? 
And there's some horrible stuff going on in that part of the world. And we would be remiss to not acknowledge the fact that there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of suffering going on in that part of the world and just atrocious, atrocious things. Things that make God incredibly sad, right? Well, it's in this part of the world that these 10 lepers have an encounter with Jesus with their need, okay? Luke chapter 17, verse 11 is this passage. If you want to follow along, it can also be on the screen. Luke writes, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border, right there on the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 lepers, they stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus looked at them and he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, miraculously, they were cleansed of their leprosy kind of disappeared verse 15 one of them when he saw that he was healed came back to jesus shouting praise god i am healed and he fell to the ground at jesus feet thanking him for what he had done this man was a samaritan jesus asked didn't i heal 10 men where are the other nine has no one returned to give praise to god except for this foreigner, this Samaritan? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Now there's a simple lesson we can extract from this story this morning, okay? And here it is. Unexpressed gratitude is in fact ingratitude. Unexpressed gratitude is ingratitude. And it's not like these nine men weren't probably feeling grateful, like the Samaritan, they just didn't express it in any way. And here's what I want us to wrestle with. Feeling gratitude and expressing gratitude, two very, very different things, right? Feeling gratitude and expressing gratitude are not the same. And you know that's right. If you're married, you know that's right, right? Feeling grateful for your spouse is not the same thing as expressing your gratitude to your spouse, right? We know this is true in marriage. <laughs> Someone's like, amen. <laughs> elbow, 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 right? <laughs> it's a true story for all of us. And the longer you're married, the easier it is to kind of fall into that entitlement or that just is just the way it's supposed to be and we forget to be grateful. And that's true in every other relationship we have as well, as parents, as children. <laughs> our relationships with friends, we can take people for granted, and we don't often express our gratitude, and we confuse this idea that feeling gratitude and expressing it, they're, they're just not the same thing, right? They're not the same thing. It's also true for our relationship with God. I told you that last weekend a young woman was baptized at Counterculture Church. And in her baptism, she could not stop expressing her gratitude to Jesus for giving her another opportunity to live this life, for giving her an opportunity to now worship God with her life. She couldn't believe it, right? How many of us who are followers of Jesus who may have taken that step of baptism 
How many of us would say that that's probably the last time we expressed gratitude to God in some tangible way? Are we grateful to God in any other tangible expressions? Are we grateful in other ways? Do we express gratitude to God tangibly with our time? Do we express thankfulness, gratitude to God with our resources? Do we look for ways to serve God in tangible ways with our very lives? How much do we think about that? Or have we been followers of Jesus so long that we just take him for granted? Well, Tony, I feel really grateful for what God has done for me. Okay, but that isn't really gratitude if it's not expressed in some tangible way. And again, we know this is true because of other relationships that we have. We know that that's true. So let me ask you, are you expressing your gratitude in a tangible way for all that God has given to you? Now, expressing gratitude is not the same thing as earning some favor from God. Don't mistake what I'm saying. But we should express our gratitude because of all that he has given us, all of the benefits, all of the blessings he's given us in this life. You know, I think the reason that this one leper who came back, the text tells us he's a Samaritan. He's the one leper who came back. I think it's because he didn't believe that he was worthy to have this happen to him. He was a lowly Samaritan. He was the one that didn't fit. He didn't believe that he deserved to be healed in any way. He was a leper from Samaria, not Jerusalem like the other nine. I think this is maybe part of why he expressed gratitude. And this is why Jesus is so important to me. Through Jesus, I actually get what I don't deserve. And because of that, I want my life to be a constant expression of gratitude. I don't want to be like the nine, which is the norm, right? I want to be like the one who came back to Jesus to express his gratitude. This one man, was a, he's, he was a returner. And a returner is someone who goes back to thank the person who moved their life forward. A returner is someone who goes back to thank the person who moved their life forward. And a returner does more than just go back. A returner gives back with every aspect of their life. Now, you know what else gratitude tends to do when you express it? It produces gratitude in other people. You ever noticed that? Ever noticed how a Debbie Downer can just kind of ruin it for everybody? <laughs> you remember the old SNL sketch, you know, wah, wah, right? They just complain, and they're negative, and they're constantly cynical, and, and they complain about everything, and that could be so contagious. And if you don't believe me, just hop online for a minute, right? It's just contagious. We have news networks that are dedicated to just being cynical and negative about everything, right? It's contagious in our culture. But you know what else is contagious? Gratitude. Grateful people are contagious people. When you're grateful to someone else and you express that to them, 
has a way of causing them to feel grateful as well. You ever notice that? Again, I told you my wife and I, we just moved here uh, about a year ago. It was December 1st when we moved in uh, to our place. And uh, we just, embarrassingly, just opened the last two boxes uh, a couple of weeks ago. Anybody ever move and you have these boxes and you're like, I don't know what's in them, right? And we just don't open them for us? This is us. We have these boxes just sitting in a room. We had no idea what was in them. We kind of thought, you know, it's probably not important because we apparently haven't missed it, right? But we finally opened it up, and what we discovered in these two boxes were picture albums and some scrapbooks with pictures in them. Remember when you used to print pictures, right? <laughs> boxes. We have boxes of pictures, right? And we opened these up, and in these boxes were three scrapbooks. And these scrapbooks came from each of the churches that my wife and I, Stacy, served. We've served three churches in our ministry life in the last 30 years. And when we left each of those churches, they gave us a scrapbook filled with cards and little notes and pictures and letters from families, from kids that are now adults. And a couple of weeks ago when we opened this up, we just sat down and we just started reading them because we hadn't seen them in so long. And we just started reading through them. And even though these little notes and cards were intended to express gratitude to us, all we could think was how grateful we were for each of these churches and the people represented in the pages. And it just made us feel so incredibly grateful. Grateful for for the journey of our life, right? It's contagious. So I have an assignment for you, okay? Before Thanksgiving, sometime this week, maybe next week, maybe during the downtime of Thanksgiving, sit down, write a letter to someone in your life that you're thankful for, and thank them for the investment that they made in your life. For you, maybe that's a parent. For you, maybe that's a leader, or some leader in your life. Maybe it's a pastor in your life. Maybe it's a friend a sibling, a child. It's someone in your life that really made a huge difference in your life. And maybe it's a good idea to return back and say thank you for what they've done for you. Just just take a minute. Take a minute. Don't send an email. Don't shoot a text. Don't post anything on social media about it. Maybe sit down and actually give it some thought and write it down on a card or a piece of paper, and, and, and edit it, polish it, spend some time mulling it over and make it something that someone would actually want to keep or maybe put in a scrapbook, right, that they can unbox years later and remember. Because here's how gratitude works. There's a boomerang effect. It won't only affect the receiver of that letter. It will affect you as a giver as well. Because gratitude is contagious. Kyle mentioned just a minute ago that you guys are doing these, uh, these meal packs uh, that you're doing for the schools in the area for people that are in need. And I just want to encourage you to consider doing that if you haven't or doing more of them because here's what I know. The people who are going to receive those gifts, those meal packs, may never know who you are, may never know that you're the person who gave it but they're going to remember that point in their life where they received something they really needed 
And it's going to cause them to feel grateful for what God has given them in their life. So there's a way you can kind of interact with that. And the cool thing is it'll also make you feel more grateful. Next week, I know another friend of ours is going to be here sharing with you. Going to share a little bit about some work that's going on in Ghana and another part of this world. A part of this world where they don't have nearly as much as we do in our part of the world. And maybe it's something that God might want to speak directly to you about. And so I would encourage you to be here next week and to, to pay full attention to what's going to be shared. These types of things have a way of, of being contagious. This idea of gratitude. But here's also the truth. And I'm kind of a like, uh, shoot straight with you kind of guy, all right? Sometimes there are things that occur in this life that don't make you feel very grateful, all right? Things that rob you of your joy. And I know for some of you, even though I don't know you personally, I know for some of you, 2023 has been a really horrible year. And maybe in the last 11 months, it's just been brutal. Maybe it's some area of life, your, your work life, maybe it's relationships, maybe you've lost someone, maybe there's a health problem. And for you, the only thing you're thinking is, can we just get this stupid year over with and get to 2024 so we can start new? Because this has been a horrible year. And maybe you don't feel all that grateful. And I just wanna, I want you to know I get that. I get that. And they, things like that happen in this life. You know, the last time I was here in this building was this uh, last September. It was Monday, September the 11th. And I remember that date for a reason. Not just because I was here to have a board meeting for generations, and we sat in the office, and it wasn't just I didn't remember it just because I like being with Kyle and John, although I do, all right? I remember that date vividly because the evening before, as I was in a hotel room here in Vancouver, I got a phone call, one of those phone calls that you just, you just don't forget, okay? My son Tanner and his wife Delaney are missionaries. They plant churches in Tokyo, Japan. They're involved with a new church in Tokyo that's only three years old. And in the, in the, in the spring, they're being sent out to Sapporo, Japan, to start and lead another new church. They're far away. And so when I get to talk to them, it's always a lot of joy. But they called. And when they called, this, at this time in their lives, they were six months pregnant. And we were expecting our first grandchild. They were expecting their first child. But they had just gotten home from an, an appointment that day. And they had discovered in that appointment that the baby's heart had stopped. And that there was no more life. And as I sat on the phone with my son and my daughter-in-law, I just cried with them. Because what else do you do? We were devastated. They are devastated. And so we cried. And then I called my wife. We talked about it some more because they had called her too. And we, we, we just, we wept together. And as we sat there, we just started to try to figure out what can we do. And so we made as quick of arrangements as we could to get our butts on a plane and fly to Tokyo. Now, it's really difficult to describe heartache and gratitude at the same time. So let me try. 
We were incredibly sad. We were devastated at the loss of this baby. But we were also extremely grateful that we were able to get to Tokyo to be present for baby Alexander's birth. And to be with our kids for his funeral. But mostly, what we were grateful for is that because of our faith in Jesus, we will get to see our first grandson again someday. We'll be able to hold him again, but this time full of life and full of joy. It's hard to explain that, isn't it? How you can feel devastated and a lot of pain, but at the same time, you can experience being grateful for certain things. And while we were there in Japan, I was reminded of something written by Henry Nowen, who is a really godly man, a great writer, who's someone who experienced a lot of pain in his life, a lot of difficulty in his life. And this, is, this, this, this passage of his book isn't going to make a lot of sense to you if you're not a follower of Jesus. But this, this just, it had a real impact on me a couple months ago. So let me read it to you. He writes, to be grateful for the good things in our lives is easy. But to be grateful for all our lives, the good as well as the bad, the moments of joy as well as the moments of sorrow, the successes as well as the failures, the rewards as well as the rejections, that requires hard spiritual work. Still, we are only grateful people when we can say thank you to all that has brought us to the present moment. As long as we keep dividing our lives between events and people we would like to forget, we cannot claim the fullness of our beings as a gift from God to be grateful for. Let's not be afraid to look at everything that has brought us to where we are now and trust that we will soon see it in the guiding hand of a loving God. It's a little confusing. But it made so much sense to me in that moment of my morning. And it caused me to think, now I understand what Jesus meant in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, blessed are you when you are mourning. That doesn't make any sense. Blessed are you who are mourning because you will receive comfort. Nguyen's writing was inspired by another really powerful statement from the pen of the Apostle Paul. It's the passage that Kyle read before I came up here. And Paul knew a lot about suffering, too, in his life, didn't he? He knew about problems. He knew about hardship. He knew what it was like to know that his time was coming to an end. As he was writing this passage to the, thir the church at Thessalonica, he's in prison knowing he's going to die, Okay. And this is what Paul writes at the end of the passage that, that Kyle read to you. He says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? What I think is really important is that you understand what Paul is not saying here, is that every circumstance that you find yourself in is God's will. That's not what I'm saying. Because there are horrible, atrocious things that happen in this world that are not of God. Okay? 
and a lot of pain and suffering happens as a result of sin in the world and as a result of the world being broken. It's not God's will, okay? So understand that. But to be grateful, gratitude, that is what God's will is for the human race. It's the best way to live, Jesus says. But how do we do that? Well, that's the deepest part. Paul says, for this, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And here's the idea in this. It is not just that life is kind of like a roller coaster, and sometimes circumstances are good, and we can be grateful. It's not even just that being grateful is a more fun way to do life than being ungrateful, because it is, right? Our faith for those of us who are followers of Jesus is that the very same God who made us, who gave us good things, who gives us good things, also entered into our suffering and our pain through Jesus. Went through sin, through human darkness and rebellion, all kinds of suffering entered into this world. God took all of that suffering and pain and he took it on himself. And what that actually means is God knows what pain and grief feels like. And we can be grateful for that. God is not a God who is distant. He's a God who is with us in it. Amen. Right? What that means is God actually knows whatever you're going through, your loneliness, your darkness, your regret, your sickness, death, God knows because he's been there. And what that means is that in Jesus, God gave the very best that he had, right? Not like you and I give with this gift or that gift or this thought or that expression. God gave the very best he had in Jesus. God acted to, to defeat guilt and to defeat suffering and defeat death so that all the other gifts that we get to enjoy could actually be promised, Right? They are all secured. They will all one day be ours if we are followers of Jesus because God has acted in Christ Jesus. Amen. That little phrase, in Christ Jesus, is the foundation for being grateful. Amen. Every other gift, every other circumstance, every other blessing, every other good thing, they all come and go. The reason gratitude, gratitude makes sense in all circumstances, is that our foundation is not in the circumstances. Right. It's in Christ Jesus. And God has suffered from and triumphed over every circumstance through Jesus. And because of that, gratitude is the greatest opportunity that we have in life. Amen. And it's good to tell God that you are grateful in tangible ways. It's a terrible thing to be grateful and have no one to be grateful to. Right? So we are grateful to our God. And that's his will for us in Christ Jesus. And so my encouragement to you in the coming weeks is to not just think of Thanksgiving as a holiday to stuff yourself with turkey, although that is very good. And I will be doing that. What I want to encourage you is to find tangible ways to express your gratitude. Because when you do that, you're reminded of all the good things that God has given to you, even in the midst of the bad things, even in the midst of the pain of this world, you can get a little bit of a glimpse of what he has given to you. Maybe it's just breath in your lungs. 
and an opportunity to say, praise God. So in the coming couple of weeks, would you express your gratitude in tangible ways, writing a note to someone else, finding ways to give back to people that you may not even know, finding ways to express gratitude with your time, and with your resources, and with your life. Because if you do that, you're going to feel so much more grateful than entitled. That's how God has wired us to be. It's his will for us in Jesus. Can I pray for you? Lord, thank you for giving us so many blessings in this life. Thank you for the second chances and the fresh starts. Hearing us when we cry out to you in frustration and pain from a distance. Thank you for the power to forgive our sin and to heal our wounds. God, I want to pray right now for people in Judea and Samaria, Israel and Palestine. God, our hearts are broken, as we know yours is too. We pray for safety for the innocent and justice for the grieved. God, you're the only God that can provide justice ultimately. I pray through this horrible situation and way of life that somehow your peace that passes understanding can break through and be experienced. And God, we are grateful that one day there will be no more war, no more hate, no more pain, no more destruction. And so God, we pray God speak. God, I thank you so much for this group of people that are so selfless and giving. I pray that they will not become entitled, but they will be grateful in their relationship with each other and mostly their relationship with you. We pray that these people will just, uh, the people around here will just see your love through them. And God, those that are experiencing pain and difficulty, will you comfort them? And we thank you in advance for doing that, comforting them through other people, through your word, through your Holy Spirit. God, I pray you will use this group of people to continue to further your kingdom in ways they can't even imagine. God, help us always to be reminded of all the blessings we receive as well as the blessings we get to give through our actions and expressions. It's in Jesus' name we gratefully pray to God. Thank you, Tony. What I want to do is I just, I actually just want to conclude in some ways our gathering there. Um, we're going to pray our closing benediction together. And so you can stand and respond and say this with me, or you can just simply receive these good words over you today. So let's put, pull up that benediction and you can just hear this today. Here's my prayer for you and for us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Through this reality, may you live your faith every day, everywhere. May God's family expand and grow. May your motivation be because of Jesus living out his story. 
May you make his ways be known and lived for generations to come. Amen. Have a fabulous week. You are loved. You are sent.